Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome to the show. I'm Monique. I've got a really special show for you today, so I'm glad you tuned in. I always monitor listener feedback as well as what my coaching clients need and what's coming up for them in our sessions. So what I've been hearing is that leaders don't know how to get more visibility in the workplace. And listeners and clients have been asking me to talk about a topic called informational interviews. Now, I use this framework in my coaching sessions. So my clients know how successful this is. We use it all the time to help them get more visibility. So today I'm doing a solo show. I have no guest and I'm weaving these solo shows in throughout these episodes on a regular basis so that I can get some really important content to you. So I'm going to walk you through a process today using a case study of my client called her name's Lisa. We've changed the name just to protect her identity. But this is a process that I used with Lisa in coaching sessions to help her gain more visibility in the workplace. So during any point in this episode, I really encourage you to send in your questions because I want to be sure that when we're done today, you can start this process immediately. And the content for today is actually taken from my book. If you have listened previously, you know that I have a book available for publishing. So definitely, if you know of a a great publisher in the business genre, please reach out to me. But until then, I'm weaving content into these solo shows throughout these episodes so that I can get really important information out to you. I'll answer questions throughout the show. Uh, You can email me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. And then at the end of the show, I will tell you how you can get a special download from what I am saying today, the, the PowerPoint that I've prepared for you so that you can have something and begin right away putting these steps into practice. So the problem that I have been hearing about is that leaders are not getting enough exposure or visibility in the workplace. And as I talk about this today, think about if this is you, because they're getting this feedback from their own managers, and it has an impact when you're a leader in the workplace and you don't have enough exposure or enough visibility. There's a lot of things that can happen here that slows down your whole career progression. So first of all, you have a lack of influence with stakeholders. So, and this is what was happening with my client, Lisa. She was in these big meetings and trying to express her opinion, trying to get buy-in, but there's no influence with stakeholders when they don't know who you are. And you're not building relationships. The other thing that can happen is that people can be very intimidated by executive leaders 
And I get this all the time in coaching also, where my clients are really afraid and intimidated to speak up in big meetings when they know there are executive leaders or C-suite leaders there. So they become more passive. Also, you'll have no knowledge of organizational issues or challenges because you won't know what's happening out there. You'll kind of take a siloed approach that keeps you really in the weeds and you can't see the big picture. There's no way to think strategically or plan strategically when you don't have enough exposure or visibility in the workplace or when you haven't built those really key relationships. So the potential outcome, though, if you are building relationships and if you are getting exposure, is that you will have all these relationships across the organization and with the C-suite. So you're building relationships as you go. This will help you fast track your promotion. I have seen this happen multiple times as soon as people start to develop the relationships and become more known throughout the organization. You can promote your brand better this way. And branding is a whole different topic that I will also be doing a solo show on in the coming months. But basically, you'll have a broader range of influence and an ability to persuade people. Because what this is about is building trust So as you develop your relationships with people across the organization, you're building trust. And when somebody trusts you, they are more apt to listen to your opinion, hear you out, allow you to influence and persuade them. They're just more open when they know you. Another possible potential outcome is that your team and your projects will have more visibility. So the visibility that you're building isn't just for you, it is also for your team so that your team can become more well-known and your projects have more visibility. And you'll also have ability to secure resources, raises for your people, stretch projects, uh, promotions for your people. So there is a huge positive impact when you're building relationships. So we need to close the gap. We need to get you from not being visible enough to being visible, knowing people and building those relationships. Imagine if you had a support system to tap into anytime you needed any type of resource. That's what visibility does for you. Now, there's many ways to get visibility. And at the end of the segment today, I will give you a lot of other ideas as to how you can do that in the workplace. And each one of them could be a separate solo show. But today I'm going to focus on using informational interviews. And they're also known as coffee chats. You can really call them whatever you want. And it's a meeting that's used to build relationships. Now, in the past, the term informational interviews, it was used for people searching for jobs. This was used if somebody 
didn't know enough about an industry. They didn't know enough about a certain role or position. They would schedule a meeting with someone who did know more and they would gather information. But now the term has been broadened to involve internal networking, internal or even external networking outside of your company. But today we're going to be talking about it in the context of internal networking. And really, if you're not building relationships at work, you are really missing the mark. So the process today I'll take you through will help you to really be able to get started on this right away. And I do have to say that this will not come naturally to many of you. This will be extremely uncomfortable, like it was with my client, Lisa, um, especially if you happen to be an introvert. So I will walk you through some of this and give you some tips on how you can overcome that. But really, this process will help you be more proactive and more deliberate in how you build your relationships at work. So this is a six-step process, and it's a framework that I use in coaching. And in coaching, typically coaches do not give advice. We don't tell people what they need to be doing to solve their problems. We partner with them along the way. But this is a framework that I introduce to my clients. And then if it resonates with them, I help them create the workings within that framework. And that's what I'll be telling you about today. So this is a case study from Lisa, my client. And we'll cover her story today and how she used the six steps and what her outcome was, because she had a really amazing outcome. So don't forget to email me in your questions that I can answer after each break, and that's at Monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Now, Lisa had been getting feedback from her manager. Lisa herself was a senior manager, and she wanted a promotion really bad. She got turned down twice. So the, luckily, the feedback she got was extremely helpful. She didn't know what to do with the feedback, so she brought it to coaching. But I found as a coach that it was very helpful. What she was told is that she was too confined to only her team. She really lacked exposure, so no one else knew her in the company. And Unfortunately, when it comes to promotions, it's not always what you know, it's who you know, and no one knew her. She approached problems in the weeds versus strategically. So she was constantly in the weeds, solving her people's problems on a day-to-day basis. And that alone kept her from being more strategic and from being able to see the big picture of what other things were going on around her. She was also told that she wasn't assertive enough in meetings. She lacked the ability to influence stakeholders. And I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, that if if you aren't developing relationships with people, you cannot influence them. And if you're intimidated by some of the senior leaders, which she was, it will cause you to be a little more passive in meetings. She was also told that she had no knowledge of other issues that were going on in the organization, and that's because she was in the weeds too much. 
She was very smart and she had a lot of potential. So she was given that feedback also. But she was told that senior positions required much more executive presence and much more gravitas, which she did not have. So those were the reasons why she kept being turned down for promotions. So we talked through all her different options as to how we could get her more positioned for a promotion. She liked the idea of informational interviews. So we started with step one, where I had Lisa identify potential relationships that she wanted to build within the organization. And I told her to think big. There was no limit. And I asked her to make a list. So she made this list. And this is a continuous process. So if you're listening now to this step one, just know that you should always be adding to your list. This is not something that stops when you get a promotion. It's something you should be doing on a regular basis. You should be creating a list of people you want to meet. You should be conducting informational interviews, and this should happen on a regular basis. So Lisa identified 10 people, and they were from the director role up to the C-suite. So your list can include anyone, even the lower level roles. That is really important too. You don't just have to develop relationships with people above you. They can be your level or lower. And they talk, they talk about you. So you want people to be talking about you. So any level of position is perfectly fine to have on your list. And then Lisa prioritized the list. So the prioritization is something that is based on your specific situation. For Lisa, we prioritized based on her projects and the people that were important to those projects. We figured she could start there and then work her way back out on that list of 10 people. Now, Lisa was an introvert. So this whole process was extremely uncomfortable She did not like it, and she didn't like to talk about herself, which she would be doing in some of these informational interviews. So there was a lot of fear there, and and that's what kept her from developing relationships in the first place. That's kind of what got her into this whole situation. And you will probably experience the same thing, especially if you are an introvert. But then in step two, there are some ways to conquer this. We took her list of people and she knew she'd be scheduling appointments with them. So I asked her to create a list of three to four open-ended questions. And the goal in informational interviews is to learn about the other person. So you won't be the one doing the talking. You're actually going to be doing the listening. You're going to slowly weave information about yourself into the conversation But the goal is to listen and learn. And that's why introverts are so good at this. They're really not leveraging their natural introversion because introverts are really good at listening and they're good one-to-one more so than in groups. So Lisa was able to leverage her natural introversion when she did this. She conducted these 30-minute meetings because they're only 30 minutes. She did her research beforehand 
Uh, she researched the person she was going to meet with. She looked them up on LinkedIn. She read their bio on the company website. So she went in with some information already. And here's an example of some of her questions that she was putting together to ask. What are your team's goals this year? What are your challenges? What kind of support do you need? How can I or my team help you achieve your goals? Now, those were just four open-ended questions. She gave a very brief intro of herself when she started the meeting, and that's because they didn't know who she was. And then the conversation really went from there and unfolded organically. Now, if you have just tuned in, I am Monique, your host. I'm doing a solo show today about the six steps to informational interviews and how a leader can use this framework to get visibility. This content is taken from my book that I'm currently pitching to a publisher. So if you are a great publisher in the business genre, please reach out to me. We are going to head to a quick break. We just covered the first two steps of the informational process, informational interview process. And after a quick break, we'll continue with Lisa's story. And I will also respond to a few questions that have already come in. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. Before break, we discussed the first two steps of the informational interview framework that I use in coaching. If you just tuned in, I'm Monique, your host, and I'm doing a solo show today. We've had a few questions come in about those first two steps. So I want to address those questions now before we go into the rest of the process. So one listener wrote in, what is the point of forming relationships and listing lower level roles when you make your list? So they're referring to the the list of people that you make when you want to reach out and schedule these meetings. And that's a really great question. And what you want to think about when you're making your list is that people won't always be at a lower level role. They will move up in the company. They will get promoted. They will move laterally. They also know people. So you want to make your list as extensive as possible because you want to get your name out there. You want people to know you and be talking about you. So that's why it's really important to not pay attention so much to the roles, but just to get your name out there. And this will be a continuous process. So you should always have a never-ending list. All right, one more question. Uh, someone wrote in, the three are three to four open-ended questions enough? It doesn't seem like three or four open-ended questions are enough. That is something my clients ask all the time in coaching. Because you're right, it does not seem like only three or four questions are enough. But you want to use open-ended questions because those types of questions get people talking and explaining and expanding on things. So actually what I find in informational interviews when my clients have them is that they usually run out of time. So three to four open-ended questions are more than enough because the person you're talking to really, they like talking about themselves and about their teams So you will gather a lot of information and you'll probably run out of time. As a matter of fact, I recommend that you allow in your own calendar extra time in case you go over the 30 minutes. Now, I don't ever recommend that you go over. If you're the one that scheduled the meeting, you should end it on time. But if they want to go over, then you should allow that. And sometimes it even ends up leading into a second meeting. I have had that happen a lot also with clients. So three to four open-ended questions are definitely more than enough. All right, we're going to go back into the informational interview process, starting with step three. So this is scheduling and conducting the conversation. And here we go back to Lisa's fear She did not want to do this. And in coaching, it's all about stretching out of your comfort zone. So I coached her around leveraging her natural introversion abilities because introverts do like to listen and they are really good one-to-one and they really are good at developing relationships. But she was extremely nervous. So she just had to do it. We started with someone on her list who was considered very low risk, someone who wasn't very scary to her. And she found that the time went by very, very quickly. The 30 minutes just flew by. And she said this was the first time she learned by just listening. Now, normally, many people would rather do the talking. 
And so it's a problem. It's hard to just listen, but you really have to have the discipline to do that, to just listen. Lisa used her natural curiosity in the conversation. So the conversation unfolded very organically. Those three to four open-ended questions that she had ended up turning into more questions because as they were talking, she had follow-up questions around the original question. So the conversation ended up being very smooth. She learned that this listener or this leader had no idea what her team did. And that was a big surprise to her. She thought many people in the organization really understood what they did, but this leader said, no, they, they had no idea. So Lisa was able to explain more about what her team did. During that meeting, they uncovered an issue and they brainstormed and collaborated on a possible solution that Lisa's team could help with. So that was a huge win. And they agreed on some follow-up meetings. So like I said, these informational interviews really lead to a lot more than just a one-time conversation that ends. If you're developing relationships, you really need to continue the relationship and you need to find ways to broaden it and expand it. So in this case, it led to additional meetings. They actually agreed to meet quarterly. And that was something that she didn't expect, but the two of them really hit it off. And as her first informational interview, she right away became much more at ease. Once So once you have the first one under your belt, you will find that it will be easier and easier to continue doing this and to work through this process. So I want to pause here for a second and just talk to all the leaders out there. If you haven't been building relationships, if you haven't been doing this in the workplace, I really encourage you to build your list, create your open-ended questions, schedule the meetings, and then conduct the meetings, but go in with oh an, an air of natural curiosity where you just want to learn, you want to listen, and you want to see what can be uncovered throughout all of this. And while you're doing this, you're weaving in information about yourself, your team, who you are as a leader, all of that is going to come out naturally. And you will find out those kinds of things about the person you're meeting with also, because it will just happen organically. So let's move on to step four. Now, this is related to consistent follow-up. And I mentioned earlier that you want to continue this process. You want to continue building on the relationship. And what many people tell me in coaching is that they are worried about imposing on the other person. They're worried about, well, everybody's busy. I don't want to ask for follow-up. I don't want to have another meeting because I'll impose on their schedule. So here's my response to that. Those people are also trying to build their brand. And they are also trying to stay consistent with 
building relationships. They also want to become known and more known throughout the workplace. So if you're worried about imposing on them to schedule additional follow-up meetings, you just need to ask. It's, it's about having the conversation and bringing it up. A lot of times we assume things, so that will hold us back. I recommend that you ask if they want to have follow-up meetings or you go in with a suggestion already in your mind about, you know, do you want to meet quarterly? Can we touch base monthly? Because sometimes it truly is as often as every month. And you won't know that unless you ask. So you have to have that conversation. And Lisa owned that experience. She followed up. She's the one that initiated the conversation around follow-up. Now, of course, we prepped for that in coaching so that she was prepared to do it. Otherwise, she would never have done it. So she brought it up. They reached an agreement and wanted to meet quarterly. Now, after the meeting, she sent a follow-up email. Now, follow-up is extremely important. It's something that you shouldn't forget about. Because again, you're sh- you want to show consistency in your behavior and you want to show that relationships are important to you and that you value them. So you want to go in prepared to continue the relationship, continue the conversation. So Lisa sent a follow-up email and she basically kept it very short. She thanked the person confirmed the additional meetings. She actually initiated a reoccurring quarterly meeting. So so if you're the one scheduling these meetings, you need to own the follow-up and you need to also own the follow-up meetings. And that's really important. That is something that's really appreciated by the people that you're meeting with. It just shows that, that you do believe relationship building is very important. The other thing that Lisa did was she connected with this person on LinkedIn. And I feel that leaders do not make enough use of LinkedIn. It's a very, very powerful tool. And one of my previous shows, I think it was the March 2nd show, I had Lindsay Dowd on the show and we spent some time talking about LinkedIn and its importance. Uh, So you can always go back to that episode and listen to Lindsay's suggestions. And Lindsay offers workshops on LinkedIn uh, about creating LinkedIn and using LinkedIn. And it's a topic that I'll be talking more about in the future in solo shows. So you need to be sure you're out there on LinkedIn and that you're connecting with these people that you're meeting with. Now, Um, consistency and reliability is really important. So even though you've scheduled a future meeting with this person, you also want to create some kind of a task in your calendar so that you can remember to prepare for it, to prepare for the meeting. Now, Lisa, once we did this first meeting and she sort of got the feel of it, she went on to do more. So she worked through her list and it was just really amazing to see her 
communicate better, be more assertive, and to really meet these people and develop the relationships. She got much more comfortable. She was leveraging her natural introversion, which she originally thought was a detriment to her. So for all you introvert leaders out there, I really encourage you to leverage this skill that you already have. So then step five is continuing to engage with that person. So this means continuing to engage in addition to the quarterly meeting. So in Lisa's case, she set up a quarterly meeting and between those quarterly meetings, she then became more comfortable with them when she saw them in other situations. So she found that she started running into these people in other meetings. And she had always seen them in other meetings, but she never had a relationship with them. So she never really acknowledged them, said much to them. But now there was a relationship. And that's what you want to build is that relationship so that when you start running into them in other meetings, you are able to acknowledge them, chat with them. You can periodically send information to them. And what Lisa did in the case of the first person that she met with they had talked about a particular topic. They had a topic in common. And Lisa actually found an article about that topic. And so she sent that article to this person just as an FYI. And it it kept the relationship going. So she really was able to stay on their radar until the next quarterly meeting where she, the next touch base that she had with them. And nine times out of 10, they are not going to be too busy to hear from you. Like I said, they also want to be really visible. They are building their brand. And the more that they can put that out there, the better for them. So we've now gone through five steps. There's another step left. But I'm going to pause for a couple of announcements before we take a quick break. This content is coming from my book, and I'm currently pitching it to publishers now. It is a business leadership development book. So if you know of a great publisher in the business genre, or if you are one yourself, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I'm periodically going to be weaving content like this from my book into the shows, uh, or any hot topic that comes up for me in coaching, because I hear multiple topics every day as I coach. So you will be receiving other content based on what's happening in the moment out there in the workplace. So this topic today is related to how leaders can get more visibility in the workplace through doing informational interviews. And I encourage you also to visit my website. And on there, you will be able to subscribe to my blog, which comes out twice a month, 
with topics just like this and many others, things that are happening right in the moment in the workplace that I write about. My social media is also there. So really, I would very much appreciate it if you would connect with me on social media. And I also have a YouTube channel where I release 10-minute videos a couple a month, again, related to all of these topics, giving you tips and tools and strategies so that you can lead better in the workplace. We've had a couple more questions come in around this process I'm going through today, but I'm going to hold those until after break. So after that, we will discuss those questions and continue with the last step in the process of informational interviews. So stay with us. We will be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? How do you take charge of your life and achieve your goals and bring about positive changes that propel you forward? On The Leader's Edge, join your hosts, Steve and Ernie, as they bring a mix of insights in personal and leadership growth that shapes your culture and the culture around you. Lean in and learn intentionally how to accelerate into your next best life. Tune into The Leader's Edge with Ernalita DeCumos and Steve Steele, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Leading with Intention. I really hope you're enjoying this solo show today. I'll be weaving more of these into the episodes as we go forward and as I hear from listeners and from my clients about various topics that they want to hear about. Today, we're talking about my client, Lisa, and her experience using informational interviews to gain visibility at work. We've gone through five of the six-step process that I use in coaching, and I've got a few more questions that have come in and I'm going to read those off and answer them because listeners are 
interested in this process and I really want you to be able to start with it as soon as the show is over. So I want to make sure that you're clear on the steps and how to move forward with it. So our next question is, how do you get rid of the anxiety before having the conversation in the informational interview? So this is something that is really important, and it's the main thing that holds people back from having these informational interviews. And it's the the same thing that held Lisa back from developing relationships in the workplace. It was because she's an introvert and she was very nervous. So you want to think of it as just a conversation. You want to ignore the fact of what their title is. And let it unfold naturally. Go into it with a natural curiosity about what that person does, what their team does, how you can help. If you go into it with um, a philosophy of service, providing service, that may help you to get rid of some of the anxiety. Now, a little bit of anxiety is okay. I think it keeps you on your toes a little bit, but but really you want to think of it as you are there to help them and learn about them. And you can't help them unless you know where their challenges are, unless you know where their team is struggling and what their goals are. So if you go into it with that mindset, that should help, but also you want to prepare. And that's what Lisa and I did in coaching. We prepared and we practiced the conversation, and we role-played. And if you don't have a coach, you can do that with anyone. But preparation is really important. All right, another question that came in, how often should you be conducting these informational interviews? You suggested once a week if possible, or at least once a month. Do people really have time for that? So here's how I respond to that. You make time for what's important. And if you are getting looked over for promotions, and if you're getting feedback that you are not being as influential as you need to be, you are not being assertive in meetings, then it should become a very high priority for you to be building these relationships. So as far as how many of these informational interviews you should have on a regular basis. What I suggest to my clients is that, so these take 30 minutes. So I ask them, how much time in a week do you have? How many can you have in one week? If you can do two in a week, that's one hour. And then there's a little prep time that goes along with all of them. So You want to look at your schedule and really determine how much time you've got and base it on that. Some people do three or four a week. They have a slow period of time, so they can do more. Other people can't do them more than once a month. So you really need to, you need to be deliberate about it and sit down and look at your schedule and think about how many you can do. And then there's also the other person's schedule. If it is a really busy time for you and within the company, maybe nobody has time to do them except maybe once a month. Or you may have five people on your list and the first three 
don't have time at all. So you have to jump down to the next two and jump around your list a little bit. So you have to put some deliberate thought into this in order to get on a good cadence. I think the important thing here is to be on a cadence. So to be consistent with it. You don't want to do them every week for a month and then stop for six months. So it's the consistency and the cadence that's more important than the amount of informational interviews that you're doing. So I hope that helps to clarify things. And now I'm going to talk about the sixth step in the process. And then we're going to go into a little bit more about Lisa's outcome and how that was something that she just wasn't expecting that came out of this. So step six is to track the informational interviews. And this is something where people usually don't think to to do it. But if you are meeting with people on a regular basis, you will soon forget what you, who you met with, what they said. So it's going to be important to track it. And in Lisa's experience, the first thing she did was she connected with them on LinkedIn, and she was even hesitant to do that because, again, she wasn't familiar with LinkedIn. She wasn't familiar with putting herself out there, but you have to step out of your comfort zone and do that. She created a spreadsheet in an Excel tool, and she tracked all the informational interviews. She tracked the person, the date, their title, the topics that they talked about, even if things came up about their family, because some people brought up things about their kids, she tracked that also. And that way, the next time she sees them, she can ask about their family or whatever came up in the previous meeting. It gave her a way to jog her memory a little bit about what she talked about. And that way she wasn't getting the people mixed up. So create some kind of a tool and track this. Definitely connect with them on LinkedIn. And that way you can keep everybody straight. And the great part about connecting with them on LinkedIn is that they have other connections. You have other connections. LinkedIn is a networking tool. So it's, it's very easy if you end up needing something, someone can refer you to somebody. So the LinkedIn process in this is really important. The other thing that Lisa found out when she met with these people is that usually by the end of the meeting, they said to her, by the way, you need to meet with so-and-so. Let me introduce you. That is exactly what you want. You want more introductions. So Lisa ended up adding to her list just because she was getting names of other people. And then she would set up informational interviews with those people. And that was a very fast way of expanding her network. And it was easy to get a meeting with the other people because she already had a a referral or an introduction. So that is how you know that the process is working. 
is that you will keep building your network and weaving in more and more people into the conversation and into the meetings. All right, so those are the six steps that I took Lisa through. And now I'd like to say a little bit about what her outcome was. So within the first two months, she conducted eight informational interviews. So she did one a week. That was all the time she had. So 30 minutes a week. What came of that within the first two months is that her team ended up assisting one person with a a gap in their project. There was an issue where they needed a subject matter expert and Lisa happened to have a person on her team. So there was a successful outcome with that project. It wasn't even Lisa's project. During one of the informational interviews, Lisa heard of a job opening on another team, and that was a fit for one of her direct reports. So that person got promoted into that opening. And that was a huge win for Lisa, because as a leader, you always want to be promoting your team, and you want to be making sure they get promoted, even if it means they leave your team. You want to support them through that. So it was a win-win for everyone, for the other team, for the person that got promoted into that other team. And it was a win-win for Lisa as the manager that got a person promoted. She also had 90% of her informational interviews ending with the person referring her to someone else. So like I said, she was getting referrals to other people. And that was that came out of 90% of her informational interviews. She was able to secure temporary help for her team from another team because she now knew that manager. So because there was now a connection, when Lisa's team needed help, she was able to get a resource, which she couldn't do before because she didn't have enough pull or influence. A huge win for her came when a C-suite executive dropped her name as a presenter at the quarterly town hall. Now, this is something that never would have happened because Lisa did not know any C-suite executives before she started doing the informational interview process. And now not only did she know someone, but they knew about her, they knew her level of expertise, and they gave her name to someone who asked her to speak at the town hall. And that was just within two months of doing the informational interviews. Now, within four months, Lisa's manager commented on her progress with gaining visibility. So now her manager was seeing this. People were talking about her and her manager was hearing her name. So this was noted in her mid-year evaluation. And because of this, her confidence grew. She became more assertive and more influential because she was no longer intimidated by some of these people. She now had formed relationships with them. So she wasn't intimidated at all. And she was able in meetings to really speak up, speak her mind, give her opinion, show her subject matter expertise. And her decisions were much more strategic because she now could connect the dots. She now was out of the weeds. She was not operating from a siloed approach anymore with just what was going on within her team. She was able to really 
understand what was going on in the big picture of things. So six months later, a position came open for her and she used her internal network to gather information about it. She applied and she got the promotion. So that was a huge, huge win for her. So this was the six steps to the informational interview process that I've walked you through. Now I mentioned there's some other ways you can gain visibility and I will go through those really quick today. And that way you'll have some other options, but gaining visibility can be done through internal speaking. You can write for the internal blog or intranet. You can speak outside of your organization. You can present at town halls like Lisa did, or you can take part in the employee resource groups. So those are some other ways that you can get visibility. Now, Lisa's outcome hopefully will be the same as yours when you put this process into place. And definitely email me if you have additional questions about the process. But if you want the download PowerPoint to all of this, you can email me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. You've been listening to Leading with Intention today on the Voice America Business Channel. I'm really happy you've been supporting the show. We've had a lot of great comments and questions from listeners. So please keep supporting it, uh, listening in. You can listen live at 9 a.m. Pacific every Thursday morning, or you can listen to the downloaded podcast later on. And if you visit my website at mdconsultingglobal.com, you can get to my blog, my YouTube channel. You can see the other guests that are coming on to the show in the future months. And you can connect with me on all my social media and on LinkedIn. So I really appreciate your, your listening. And to all the people that wrote in today, thank you so much for those questions. Those were very helpful. So if you're a leader out there, I really encourage you to take this process seriously and start with the six steps. It's something you can do really easily. You can do it right now to start building visibility and you can start building your brand and reach out to me if you get stuck in any way. So we will talk again next week. And until then, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.